Hello, and welcome back to the Finsider Podcast. I am pleased to introduce our two guests today, Eric Riddle, Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Corporate Spending Innovations, and Kyle Muskoff, Chief Revenue Officer at BuyerQuest. CSI and BuyerQuest have partnered to provide businesses with a complete procure-to-pay automated solution for accounts payable. Today, more than ever, the solutions they provide are critical to operating a business efficiently, remotely, and effectively. Eric and Kyle are going to discuss how the many changes in the world over the past several months have affected how businesses operate, especially regarding accounts payable, what to expect moving forward, and why businesses should consider automating the complete procure-to-pay process. We look forward to sharing with you. And with that, here's Eric Riddle and Kyle Muskoff. Hello, Eric. Thank you for joining me for this discussion today. Oh, it's great to be with you, Kyle. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, uh, and, and you, thanks for joining me as well. I think we're going to have a fun conversation, hopefully uh, educational. Great. Let's jump right in. As we're all aware, due to, due to the global pandemic, over the last six months, there's been some unprecedented change in the world. How have these changes impacted B2B payments, or for that matter, all of accounts payable? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Kyle, it's it's an interesting time for sure. Um, in terms of payments, I guess I would describe the scenario that you have when suddenly, overnight, businesses of all types find themselves having to work remotely. Um, you know, the the normal workflow of in the payments context of routing uh, an invoice for approval or having something signed off on, or even physically having a check signed for distribution out to a supplier in the AP context. Um, how do you do that when you have people living in different cities and physically not in the office? Exactly. Um, so, you know, the, the demand for change was absolute necessity and necessity uh, breeds is the mother of invention, as we say, right? So um, it's really driven the need for automation. It's driven eyes and attention to uh, AP automation in general, especially because uh, companies just haven't had a choice. And, and that's not just on the buyer side. On the supplier side, there's a whole nother set of challenges to receive checks. So imagine a business that's normally being paid by a check in the US, something like 65% of invoices are still paid by a check. Uh, and that receivables person has to go to the office has to or go to the post office to pick up the checks. They have to process the checks. They have to input the receipt, uh, input them into the bank. And that just presents a lot of physical now risk to an employee that has to manage all that. So um, really, the, in just the AP context, there's just been so much need for change. And it's really impacted the way people think about uh, an important uh, part of their business. Yeah, it makes sense. It's really accelerated that need for digital transformation and, and, and brought it to the limelight in ways that maybe uh, prior to the pandemic, people weren't really uh, realizing. Uh, outside of the changes caused by COVID, what, what are some of the other trends that are starting to redefine AP automation as we look into 2021? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. As the world sort of turns its eyes on the benefits associated with AP automation beyond the necessity of being able to process this stuff uh, in, a, in an automated environment, you start to look at efficiency gains. What do I no longer have to manage in terms of manual processes? 
and what's that worth to me and where can I reapply resource and, and become more effective in other areas. Um, but the, the other significant um, uh, benefit of, of what I think what, what businesses are starting to realize here is the monetization aspect of accounts payable. Um, supply chain finance, dynamic discounting, some of these working capital initiatives have been around for many years, but the ability to monetize accounts payable is relatively new. It's a, it's a hot topic today and it's, um, it's being investigated and being invested in quite a bit at the moment. Um, we find ourselves at a, at a different level of activity because of that. So um, if you think about it, uh, I, I've been in procure to pay for about 25 years. And when I first started in the, in the spectrum offering technology, it was e-procurement. And back then, it would take weeks in some cases to get an authorization to make a purchase approved. Whereas e-procurement, just automating the routing, the workflow routing process, it, it collapsed that time frame down to hours. Um, and with the control over spend, spend was then able to be directed to strategic suppliers where contracts had been negotiated, right? Payments are large, largely the same in the sense that we are now automating through electronic workflow rules that allow companies to process an approval quickly and then direct the payment in a format that allows them to monetize it. So I think the, the efficiency benefits, the reduction of fraud associated with paper-based checks and the monetization aspects are really driving uh, the whole AP automation sequence. And, and I think it's probably important for us to define our version of AP automation. And the market generally defines it as invoice automation or P2P processing plus payments automation equals AP automation. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's how we see it as well. And and I like the way you reference that, you know, parts of the procurement process have been digitized over the last 20 years. And now it's it's really time for payments to take on that that same type of digitalization. You know, listen, we're all working from home right now. Talk to me, and you mentioned a little bit already, but talk to me about how AP automation can help make that transition to a remote environment even better, easier. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Well, I'll, I'll use CSI, you know, ourselves, uh, you know, your partner in um, in payments, and you know, we are a payments processor for 3,500 plus uh, companies around the North American market, as an example, and we pay somewhere in the neighborhood of 900,000 suppliers in some sense of regularity, and overnight, our business which is essentially a proxy of an AP function for all those companies, overnight, we shifted to remote workforce. So our entire company was overnight and was remote. And we, we just could never have done that if it weren't for the automation aspects of, uh, of, of payments. It is so well suited for technology and automation. There is a, a really good McKinsey study that was done that looked at the technology influence on the various components of the procure-to-pay spectrum. And they looked at what we do together, um, basically invoice automation plus payments automation uh, of the overall spectrum were the most automatable uh, elements of the P2P spectrum. So you know, it's it, it was magical how easily and quickly it happened. So I, I think, you know, once people realize that they have no other choice 
and the pain of the status quo now exceeded the pain of change, uh, the change was a lot easier, especially when they understood that there's usually uh, some, some monetary benefit in, in some way, shape, or form. As, as you're talking to prospects and organizations that haven't made that transition to digital, what are the, some of the reasons that they're struggling with that? What, why haven't they made that transition and provide some insights or guidance for businesses that are struggling that maybe even take that first step? Yeah, I, I think for us, it's really education. It comes down to education. It's just awareness. Um, we still are explaining to our prospects what is the large majority of our prospects, what is the concept or the notion of integrated payments and why should I care about it? And, and once they realize that through the education that there is some potential benefit, the next question is, well, how does it impact my business? How much business process change does it represent? How difficult is it to implement? What is the concrete value that I could expect in terms of efficiency or some sort of monetization, either a term extension or uh, potentially um, monetization in some other way like uh, income through rebate uh, via virtual card. So it, it really comes down to education. I think the issue is once someone realizes that they have an opportunity that is as significant as this, they've brought as much efficiency as they can through a P2P uh, automation project or, or program over a period of time, you sort of recognize that payments is the last mile to sort of close the loop on the automation and really monetize everything that's done has been done prior. So education would be my quick answer. Yeah, that that makes total sense. I think there's a um, I think that education also helps eliminate some of the fear that comes through with uh, with the potential change management. You know, we at BuyerQuest we talk a lot about this concept of crawl, walk, run. It, it can be overwhelming if you're using. Excel spreadsheets and written checks, you know, it can be overwhelming to think about moving to a completely digital platform. And so we really encourage people not to get overwhelmed, to take it one step at a time and allow us to work with you to build out that process. And, and I like the way you describe it with education because it really is just, just education. It's becoming familiar with the technology, familiar with how it can really help you and how you can leverage it to find cost savings, to find efficiencies and so forth. So that's, that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. Let's, um, let's dive in a little bit more specifically to, uh, to automating payments and automating accounts payable. You know, a lot of people today are working with banks. A lot of large organizations are working with banks uh, directly. What's, What's the you know sort of the pros and cons of working with a bank versus maybe working with with CSI who's who's more of a fintech player? Well, I have always spent my career with fintech providers of of such such services, so I have a, a very strong lean one way here in terms of uh, in terms of fintech versus bank. But clearly, um, if if a corporate client of a bank is looking for a relatively simple solution doesn't have a lot of complexity within their supply chain, uh, doesn't have a, a broad base of categories that they need to deal with, and maybe isn't necessarily looking for true integrated payments, all payment types, uh, absolute optimization of monetization, then I think a bank is an option. Um, but 
from a fintech perspective, we have a really good infographic that we use as part of our education of a prospect that's just learning uh, about the payments um, you know, space in general. And it's depicting our ecosystem, the various active endpoints that CSI sort of sits at the center of to facilitate a payment between a buyer and a supplier. Um, and there are actually banks as part of that ecosystem. So we, we, we do work with banks uh, when, when necessary. But if you look at that, infographic is probably the best way to describe it you'd see very clearly that the dependency on technology, the dependency on integrations, um, there are ecosystem providers that are very natural for a fintech to pull together to facilitate frictionless distribution of payment that you pretty quickly recognize, okay, if I look at that illustration and that infographic, who do I think is better suited to build all of these connections and facilitate all these connections and various integrations of a bank or a fintech. So it really comes down to how far do you want to take it, um, your perception of the technology that's truly required to make it all work, and who is going to deliver more value. The, the, the issue for us in this educational conversation typically comes down to, for a bank, um, which you know we've got several bank partners that we work with, and and we have ways of working with banks. Um, mainly, CSI becomes the technology platform and the services platform that are the most important components to deliver value. The movement of money is a bit of a, com a commodity in this in this activity of physically delivering payments. The technology that that routes everything and connects everything is really the long pole in the tent. Um, I would say that. Uh, the, the way that um, efficiency is gathered through electronic forms of payment is, is also working with the suppliers to make sure the suppliers accept either a virtual card or an ACH as a form of payment versus a check. Um, CSI makes its remuneration, you know, earns its living based on driving acceptance volume. So we've gotten really, really good at it. We've automated processes. We've, we've made it easier for suppliers to accept. So um, I'd say that's probably the most critical area, driving higher results in terms of monetization and acceptance versus our, our bank partners or bank competitors in some cases. It, it makes total sense. And as you're, you're talking about that, there's parallels that I would draw to 20 years ago when uh, ERPs really led the procurement side of technology and, and there started to be specialized um, e-procurement organizations that rolled out uh, like BuyerQuest, you know, what you saw was software that, similar to banks, sort of did one thing well, but really needed an ecosystem around them, especially with respect to the technology that, that in this case, the ERPs, in your case, the banks really just could not provide. And so it makes a ton of sense that you want these individualized experts um, to really be focused on what they're, they're good at, and they're going to bring a lot of value to the table when, when you mm -hmm. have that. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, and a, and a good example that I recall directly was back when, you know, implementing ERP required a lot of business process change. The software was developed with workflow and business processes in mind that represented optimal ways to execute a task, and you know, it you couldn't just implement the software and expect the business to respond. There needed to be some integration work and some business process change management. So. You're, you're absolutely right. The ecosystem 
same as is with ERP 20 years ago, is critically important to optimizing results here. Um, an example, there are many uh, companies, accounts receivables or payment gateways that manage the inbound receipt of payments for companies. Uh, the same way we automate the payments process, there are firms that automate, automate the receipt process. And you know, that's the way the company has decided to accept their payment. And if you don't integrate to that and don't have a connection to that, then your ability to pay that supplier in an electronic format is limited to non-existent. So there just has to be consideration for the broad-based ecosystem. Make sure that you have the technical acumen to be able to connect to all that. Um, it makes it makes so much sense, and I think that's why you know BuyerQuest has found CSI to be such a great partner from a payments perspective because we we both approach it with this integration uh, ecosystem based um, look at things so that we can really interconnect with all of the different buyers and suppliers. So we're loving that. Uh, you know, one of the hot topics, of course, in, in the payment world is virtual cards. I'm sure plenty of our listeners know about it, but but for those that don't, would you mind just sharing a little bit about virtual cards, how they work, and what what the benefits are for the buyers and suppliers? Yeah, virtual cards, very interesting uh, combination of of the traditional current forms of payment types. But as, in essence, as the name implies, there is no physical plastic, so hence the term virtual card. Um, they usually are processed similar to the way a credit card transaction would be processed in that they travel over the network rails, networks being Visa, MasterCard, and others. Um, they have some very specific characteristics that actually are very similar to check. They're usually um, made out for or intended or directed to a specific business as the recipient. They typically are made out for a specific denomination, which cannot be changed. They, they usually have an expiration date, so it's a very short shelf life. Um, and they are also limited by merchant category in terms of where they can be used. So there's a, a lot of control and security around the way a payment is made on a virtual card versus a procurement card, which is another common way to uh, essentially use a card to pay for an AP expense. Um, the difference here is virtual cards are embedded into uh, payment platforms like CSI. And we are then able to offer a lot of flexibility to our customers in terms of how we distribute these cards. We distribute them in a very automated fashion. Um, and the, the benefits are increased security. Um, we have the ability to deliver data along with the virtual card. So instead of receiving a lump sum deposit as a payment into a bank account via ACH, a, the, the card networks allow us to distribute reconciliation data along with the payment. So from a supplier's perspective, we, re, we reduce the burden of uh, reconciliation on their side by making it more efficient to receive and post the payment. Um, in terms of buyers, this is the primary source that allows buyers to monetize their accounts payable. So to the extent we can shift payment from check, which is a cost, to virtual card, which is an income. Um, typically, CSI or other uh, payment issuers will share a portion of the interchange that's generated when a supplier accepts a card. So let me, let me just unpack that really quickly. 
Um, when CSI makes a payment as the direct processor issuer in the form of a virtual card, we essentially control the interchange that's paid by the supplier to be a merchant accepting card on the network. And because of that, we have the ability to distribute and share that interchange with our partners and our clients. So um, monetization is a critical aspect uh, and critical benefit for the buyer associated with virtual cards. So to summarize, um, ease of use, automation, scalability, security, and monetization. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that makes a ton of sense. I, I like the way you describe it, where it's the simplicity of a credit card for both the buyer and the supplier, but you you get all of the great security that, that comes with, with what we expect from modern digital systems today. Uh, it's, it's a great way to look at it. Um, you had briefly mentioned earlier, but talk to us just a little bit about the size of, of your network and, and what success you have um, from a percentage-wise of being able to convert suppliers into virtual cards, because it does seem like that's really where um, where the benefits come for for people switching to a digital AP system. Yeah, we we typically see. Um, or, well, first of all, let me define the the universe of potential suppliers that um, we start with. And when we when we talk about our universe of suppliers, these are these are identified card accepting suppliers. So we are, we are technically not in the business of trying to convince a supplier to come on as an accepting supplier onto the MasterCard or Visa networks. We leave that to the, the very effective businesses that are in the merchant acquiring business that do that for us on our, on our behalf and on behalf of uh, the merchants that they serve. So when we talk about our universe of, of suppliers, it's those that have already made that decision to accept. And typically in the industry, we see uh, on average about a 25% acceptance rate from, from, a, from a B2B perspective for a corporate client um, to convert over to virtual card. CSI sees about a 15% bump above that. So we typically see about a 40%. And the reason why it's not 100% is that, as you would imagine, between a uh, corporate buyer and their supplier network, there are commercial terms that have been negotiated outside of the method of payment, right? And we, we, we have to respect um, those terms, but with an effective um, program design with, a, with effective identification of a value proposition for suppliers. And depending on the negotiation posture and culture of our client, we typically can achieve closer to 40% where the market average is about 25%. That's great. No, that's wonderful. Let me, let me I have uh, a question for you at some point. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead if, if, if you don't mind. Um, would you mind if I jumped in? I have a few that I'd love to ask you about. Please Unless you ahead. have, a, if you have a follow-up to that one, please go ahead. But no, no, no. Let's dive right in. We, we we'll both be on it today. I think I think it's uh, I think it's a fun conversation. And while I have you, I'd love to ask you a few questions. So um, maybe talk a little bit about your vision for BQ Pay that's powered by CSI. Where, where, how are you seeing that uh, benefit the client base? And and what's your what's your thought on that? What's your vision for BQ Pay? Yeah, we're real, real excited. So we're rolling out BQ Pay as a new module to the BuyerQuest Procure to Pay solution. 
um, you know, it really represents the last mile of collaboration between the buyers and the suppliers. I think traditionally procure to pay sort of ironically stops before the payment. And so we wanted to provide that capability to our clients to allow them to have a seamless integration between what they're doing on the you know AP invoice automation side and then being able to actually make that payment uh, to the suppliers. And so through CSI, we're able to provide this frictionless payment experience. I think you've done a great job of sort of explaining all the different ways that that payment can happen uh, to the suppliers. And of course, we really want to encourage the virtual card in order to truly monetize some of this. Um, but it, it really allows for you to seamlessly pay both your direct and indirect orders through a single uh, system. And so we were talking earlier about AP invoice automation, and, and we have the same vision for it. It, it, you know, it really starts for us um, with the creation of the invoice in BuyerQuest. And so we support a number of different ways that, that suppliers can create invoices digitally, whether it's using our, our supplier portal, uh, our supplier network directly, whether it's um, integrating to their ERP, and so you truly have a touchless transaction, or maybe there's still a paper-based um, uh, supplier and so need to be able to, to use OCR uh, in order to get that invoice into the system. We support all of that. BuyerQuest then allows for a full match against both the purchase order and the receipt uh, and then actually send the invoices through an approval workflow as well. And so that's then at the point that the invoice is ready to be paid using our BQ Pay module. And so it just again, provides this extremely seamless experience all within a single tool. And that way, um, all of the remittance information, all of the tracking and auditing information is in one spot. I love the way you describe that. When I think back to one of the questions you asked me early on, wh why do we, wh what are the reservations and, and uh, what are we finding with customers that are considering or haven't considered uh, a payments addition or a payment solution before, um, in terms of that component of the AP automation cycle. And I think a lot of times, you know, people are just sort of um, tired of all these different systems and processes that, that have to be implemented and managed and owned by someone in the, in, in the enterprise. And here we're talking about a very natural, seamless extension to an embedded process that you're already providing from the very beginning of the cycle. So you're essentially just you're completing the cycle. You're extending the cycle to the to the uh, active end of delivery of payment, which which is which is it's it's unique uh, and it's very topical in terms of what I think the market looks for. We 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 are asked that question uh, quite a bit, you know, about well, do I have to implement another technology? Do I have to integrate it? Right. And here you've solved all that. You've got a you've got a seamless extension existing that you're bringing to your customer base. Makes a lot of sense. I'll, I'll just add, Eric, as a little sales pitch here. You know, I think BuyerQuest is known for its user experience. We've always been the number one solution from from a user experience and user adoption standpoint. And I think our our clients and our prospects will find that the BQ Pay um, uh, flow is that exact same experience. So simple to use, um, and really just makes life easier for everybody. And that does end up driving high adoption rates for both the buyers and then the suppliers as well. Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. So, so we can't we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the connection to the ERP because 
while we can control the business process of, of essentially invoice creation, ultimately now to payment, um, maybe just talk about how all of that, that, that true uh, P2P automation interfaces or interacts with the ERP. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. And I think any good procure-to-pay tool is going to have a very, very strong API ecosystem that surrounds it in order to interact, not just with ERPs, but perhaps MRPs like IBM Maximo or HR systems or, or finance and accounting systems. And, and, and so BuyerQuest really puts a lot of energy uh, and, and effort into ensuring that we can fully integrate you know, at the end of the day, the ERP really is the system of record for the majority of information within your organization. And so we want to make sure that we can interact properly with that. I'll say, though, I think the difference, though, if you look at an ERP and a system like BuyerQuest is that BuyerQuest is specially designed for procurement. And so whether it's being able to quickly um, add items to your cart and create a requisition, whether it's being able to approve those requisitions via your mobile phone, um, or you know, be able to create an invoice from a tablet if you're a supplier, it's, it, it's all designed specifically for that procure-to-pay process where an ERP is essentially a giant database that's meant to really house all that information and share that information with other systems. Um, you know, we were talking a lot about value, and, and I think about our enterprise clients who uh, are, are using one, or actually most of them use many ERPs. And so, you know, where does the value start to come in from uh, AP invoice automation and digitizing payments? And, and for us, we really look at it twofold. You know, the, the first is, is eliminating a lot of these manual tasks. And I think that's come to light with COVID and with having to work from home. There's just so much manual activity, whether it's entering in an, a paper invoice or it's it's writing a check or whatever the case may be. And we, we look to eliminate all those manual tasks. We look to leverage the technology, let the technology do the heavy lifting um, and really start to free up your resources for strategic value add activities. And we, we've seen a lot of success from our clients being able to do that. The other you know, major uh, benefit for our enterprise customers is what we were just talking about, which is the monetization of these payments and being able to access rebates uh, via the virtual card. And um, we're finding that for a lot of our clients, there's actually an opportunity to offset the entire procure to pay subscription and really basically become a profit center uh, which is something I don't think they've, you know, AP and Treasury have ever considered themselves in the past. And so, so it's an exciting time for sure and, and yeah. real opportunities out there. Uh, yeah, it's funny you, you say that. I have, a, I have a point I want to make just to switch gears a little bit. But thinking back to my early days in procurement, procurement wasn't strategic 20 years ago. It was purchasing. It was a necessary evil. It wasn't that the concept of strategic sourcing didn't exist. But the automation that came and, and, and sort of took over the mundane tasks of shuffling paper and filling out purchase requisition forms and processing those things and routing them throughout the business. Once that became automated, it left, in terms of higher value tasks, it allowed people in the purchasing function to become category managers, procurement leaders, where strategic sourcing then came into play. Now let's focus on where can we buy best, buy most effectively, buy the best quality at the best price. Payments, is going through the similar revolution right now where AP has suddenly become strategic. 
because um, we can we can drive significant monetization and uh, significant new income that doesn't have a cost. It can be used to offset other strategic investments in the business, such as a P2P platform. So there's there's a lot going on here and a lot to be considered. Um, but let me switch gears for a moment and talk about the franchise um, model and franchisees and, and franchise owners. Uh, how do you see BQPay fitting into that area of your business at FireQuest? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. For, for us, a large segment of our clients are maybe GPOs or co-ops or other organizations that support the procurement side for franchises, maybe with quick service restaurants as an example. Uh, and so I think their, their, their challenges and, and the value proposition for BQPay are slightly different. If you're a franchise owner, you're a small business uh, owner, you know, you're um, maybe belonging to a GPO, it's all about simplicity, right? Life's tough enough as a, as a, as a small business owner. And so the BQPay, you know, as we talked about, provides that single solution to do both your ordering and your payment. But it really is as easy and as simple as paying with PayPal or any other sort of B2C e-commerce payment that, that we're used to. And so I think that's one of the big benefits for these franchise owners and these GPO members that are a little bit smaller, maybe don't have an ERP in place. It, it takes the what I'll call stress or effort of how do I communicate with this supplier? You know, now I got Saturday morning and I got to write a bunch of checks or I got to jump on the phone and figure out how to contact this supplier. I'm looking at my credit card statement and something doesn't look like what I thought it was going to be. All of that goes away. And with just a click of the button, you can say, I'm ready to pay this invoice and BQ Pay and CSI take all of that effort uh, of, of how to pay the supplier, when to pay the supplier, you know, which way the supplier wants to be paid, and they put that on, on their shoulders instead of the, the small business owner. And so we're seeing a lot of success in that area, and, and we're seeing a lot of excitement from our franchise owners who are realizing what a great way to not have to deal with this myself on a daily basis. Makes sense. Makes sense. Interesting. Let me ask Eric, as we start to close out today's session, and this has been a fantastic conversation, so really appreciate your time. What what would you you know share with with the listening audience that that might change their minds if someone's still on the edge of whether it's it's worth transitioning to more of a digital accounts payable and and payment platform? What what advice would you share with them? Well, the first the first thing I would say is um, call, talk to us have a conversation um technically we are not selling anything there is no there's no remuneration that comes directly from a buyer in the term in terms of payments automation the platform that we provide and in, in our work together is, is fully funded by the interchange that's generated so so we are not really selling we don't have an axe to grind there, there's it's not a sales cycle if you will so just talk to us learn a little bit more get educated um, I think what you'll find or what a, a, a client will find or a prospect of ours will find is that um, this is a relatively light lift to implement. It's a significant, potentially significant area of potential monetization. It's definitely an area uh, where we can remove some of the processing burden and some of the inefficiency associated with all the topics we talked about today, operating in a remote environment operating with some fraud risk because we're still making manual payments in the form of check 
eliminating the expensive check and the postage and everything else associated with that. Um, just, just talk to us and learn a little bit more. We've got a fairly um, simple but very accurate process that we can use to identify exactly how much opportunity is in your payment file. We do what we call a vendor match. We can quantify the opportunity for you, and then you can decide a go-no-go no go decision as to whether or not it makes sense to move forward. So we really are not, um, in terms of the payments aspect of things, it's as really a partnership as much as it is you know, a seller vendor um, to, to a customer relationship. So I'd say just talk to us, get educated, find out what it's all about, find out what it takes to implement. You'll, you'll see that it's a relatively light list with a relatively significant value proposition. I, I love that. I'll echo the same thing, Eric, for not just, um, you know, the digitizing uh, payments, but for the whole procure to pay process. I mean, that, that really is, is is a great way to think about. It. We love having this conversation every single day. It's it, it, there's such opportunity for our prospects, um, both with digitizing AP, but also the digitizing the entire e-procurement lifecycle. And so we would encourage the same thing: is to reach out to us. Uh, a small sales pitch here: buyerquest.com. Very simple, and we we're, we're on there all day long. And you, you can reach out to us right through our contact window. Um, or you can just email us at sales at buyerquest.com and we'll love to have that conversation. We can talk about the different ROIs that are available. And of course, we'll talk to you about our BQ pay and our digitizing AP side as well. Fantastic. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for having me today. It's been great to talk to you and uh, look forward to working together and lots of opportunities. Thank you, Eric. Pleasure talking to you as well. Take care. Okay, too.